Welcome to the video broadcast of Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church with pastor and teacher, Rev. Dr. Randall Kane Jr. Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church is located at 101 North Donleith Avenue in Winston-Salem. Please sit back and enjoy this message already in progress. Amen. 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 Beloved, again, can we give God just another hand clap of praise? Amen. Another hand clap of praise. Another hand clap of praise. Beloved, um... I have some questions for you this morning because you know I'm a questioning pastor. I do that. And beloved, when you were growing up and people asked you who or what you wanted to be, how did you respond? Did some of you want to be doctors, lawyers, police officers, teachers, preachers, athletes, singers, dancers, artists? Beloved, who and what did you want to be? Beloved, are you the person that you dreamed about? Are you on your way? Or did your dream give way to some other reality that you are now living? Beloved, when you gave your life to God through Jesus Christ as guided by the Holy Spirit, who and what did you want to be? Did you want to sing in a choir? Usher at the door? Feed the hungry, house the homeless, clothe the needy, visit the incarcerated, or some other captives who needed to be set free. Did you want to be a leader in the church? Did you want to be a deacon? Did you want to be a Sunday school teacher, a Bible study teacher, a preacher, a pastor, or some other area of visible service in the church? Or did you just want to come and hear a good word and go on about your way? Beloved, for all that you wanted to be when you gave your life to God through Jesus Christ, as guided by the Holy Spirit, did you actually want to be a Christian? In hymn number 156, maybe you can help me out with this, hymn 156, says, Lord, I want to be a Christian. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. In my heart, in my heart. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. Lord, I want to be more loving in my heart. Lord, I want to be more loving in my heart. In my heart. In my heart, Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. Lord, I want to be more holy in my heart. Lord, I want to be more holy in my heart. In my heart, 
in my heart. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. I don't want to be like Judas in my heart. I don't want to be like Judas in my heart, in my heart, in my heart. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. Lord, I want to be like Jesus in my heart. Lord, I want to be like Jesus in my heart, in my heart, in my heart. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. Amen, amen, beloved. Thank you for helping me with that. Thank you for ministering in song to me as we minister in song to each other. Beloved, again, when you gave your life to God through Jesus Christ as guided by the Holy Spirit, who and what did you want to be? Beloved, the title of today's message is, I want to be a Christian. I want to be a Christian. Beloved, when you make a transition in life, be it for a relationship where you live, where you work, where you go to school, one of the ways to make for a successful transition is to understand the rules, the ways, and the culture of the space where you are entering. Amen. You see, you may show up as who you are, but is who you are showing up as helpful or hurtful in the place where you show up? You see, beloved, when you gave your life to God through Jesus Christ as guided by the Holy Spirit, God had, has, and will always have some expectations of you. Amen. Beloved, God expected, expects, and will always expect for you to live a godly life. As 2 Peter 1 and 3 explains, according to his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Beloved, when you gave your life to God through Jesus Christ as guided by the Holy Spirit, God did not leave you deficient. God has forever been, is, and will always be our Jehovah Jireh. God, our provider, in our health, in our wealth, and in our relationships. For Matthew 6.33 tells us, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Don't get it twisted. Don't flip the script. If you're too worried about the things and you are about the kingdom of God, that might be why you ain't getting no farther ahead than where you are. You see, beloved, in our seeking, God gives us all things that will help us to live life in God through Jesus Christ as guided by the Holy Spirit so that we may also have godliness, godliness that is only found in God through Jesus Christ as guided by the Holy Spirit. And beloved, your life and your godliness in totality, your godly life depends on how much you know about God because God 
has a call on your life. Beloved, that wasn't a question and that was not rhetorical. God has a call on your life. And beloved, based on how you answer the call that God has on your life, your life will reflect how much of your life glorifies God and how virtuous, not perfect, but virtuous your life actually is as a Christian. You see, beloved, every emotion that you feel, every thought that you think, every word that you speak, and every deed that you do is an acknowledgement of God or a disregard for God. And beloved, in your acknowledgement or your disregard, you share with the whole world whether you want to be a Christian or not. I didn't say whether you come to church or not. I didn't say if your name is on a church roll or not. I said whether you want to be a Christian or not. For those who truly want to be a Christian, as some have jobs with benefits, as some have friends with benefits. Beloved, we have a God with benefits. As 2 Peter 1 and 4 shares, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped. Some of y'all, I hope you know that you are supposed to have gotten out having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Beloved, God has promised us several things, including salvation, redemption, justification, adoption, and love. Salvation means that we are saved from sin. Thank you, God. Redemption means that we are bought with the price of the precious blood of Jesus. Thank you, God. Justification means that we are no longer seen in the eyes of God as sinners, but as sinners redeemed. Thank you, God. Adoption means that we, sinners redeemed, are also God's very own sons and daughters. Thank you, God. And love means that we have a God, hear me right, who is not an absentee father. He is always with us and will never leave us nor forsake us. And beloved, that love from God is supposed to reflect the newness in Christ Jesus of the God who loved you, loves you, and will forever love you. And beloved, love is different from lust. Lust that comes from the world as explained in 1 John 2, 15 through 17, where he said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And beloved, for you to live the life that God has for you, it takes more. More than simply joining the church getting baptized, getting your name on the church roll, and coming and going as you see fit. Beloved, it requires faith. Hebrews 11, 1 and 6, faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God, not just to church when you want to, but to God, must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Beloved, it is faith, that now faith, faith, that begins your journey. A beginning that has several more steps for you to follow. 
You see, beloved, you on your way to heaven. Somebody asked you this morning, when you getting up, get ready, where are you going? You might have said, I'm going to church. You should have said, I'm sorry. That's an intermediary step. Where are you going? I'm on my way to heaven. Somebody said, where are you going? I'm getting up, going to work. That's an intermediary step. You should have said, I'm going to heaven. Somebody said, well, I'm going to school. No, that's an intermediary step. You going to heaven. Tomorrow morning, me and Bob, we may be going to play basketball. That's an intermediary step. We ask you on our way to heaven, beloved, to the new heaven and to the new earth when Jesus returns. Thank you, God. And beloved, like any other trip of any distance or length that you must take, you have got to put the right things in your luggage, in your suitcase, in your bag. Amen. Peter explained what you need for your heavenly trip in 2 Peter 1, 5 through 7. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance or self-control. And to temperance or self-control, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity or love. Amen. What do you need on your heavenly trip, beloved? You need some faith, put it in the bag. Some virtue, put it in the bag. Some knowledge, put it in the bag. Some temperance or self-control, put it in the bag. Some patience, put it in the bag. Some godliness, put it in the bag. Some brotherly kindness, put it in the bag. And charity or love, put it in the bag. You see, beloved, when your days are done, you are going to have a test, an assessment, your eternal final exam. As the Apostle Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 4 and 1, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick, the living, and the dead in his appearing and his kingdom. So, beloved, for you to be ready to answer Jesus in a way that you know that your assurance of heaven is truly a blessed assurance I want you to be ready. I don't know if your neighbor wants you to be ready. I don't know if your mom or daddy wants you to be ready. I don't know if your sister or brother wants you to be ready. I don't know if your ride or die friends want you to be ready, but I want you to be ready. So, beloved, we have got to know what you need to put into your spiritual, emotional, mental, and physical suitcase. Anybody ready to pack? Anybody ready to pack? It says, anybody ready to pack? You have faith in the suitcase, and to that you have to add some virtue. Beloved, virtue is having high moral standards. I know in this world today, that can kind of fluctuate. Beloved, a person with virtue is one that you can trust without having to look over your back to make sure that they will do what they say to the best of their ability and will do so with a sense of not only what is right, but what is also righteous. In scripture, we have the example from Proverbs 12 and 4. A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. But she that maketh the shame is as rottenness in his bones. Beloved, to that virtue, you need to add some knowledge. Let's put that in the bag. Beloved, knowledge is having an understanding and command of the facts. In this case, facts about God. Beloved, a person with knowledge has a right answer at the right time to the problem and situation at hand. In scripture, we have the example from Proverbs 4 and 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Beloved, to that knowledge, you need to add some temperance or some self-control. So let's put that in the bag. Beloved, a person with temperance or self-control, hear me right. Hear me right. Now, don't look at nobody besides you right now. Trust me, it might not go well. 
A person with tempers of self-control can keep their head when everyone else around them seems to be losing theirs. Especially in times of chaos, confusion, and calamity. In scripture, we have the example from Proverbs 25 and 28. Now, I told y'all don't be looking around nobody now. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Beloved, to that temperance of self-control, you need to add some patience. Let's put some patience in the bag. Beloved, a patient person understands that everything may not happen when, where, why, or how you want or like but if you're walking with God, is anybody walking with God? Yeah. Is anybody walking with God? But if you're walking with God, then you must learn to wait on the Lord. No matter how long you must wait. In scripture, we have the example from Isaiah 40 and 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. But they that wait upon the Lord shall mount up with wings as eagles. But they that wait upon the Lord shall run and not be weary. And they that wait upon the Lord shall walk and not faint. Beloved, to the patience, you need to add some godliness. So let's put some godliness in the bag. Beloved, a godly person acknowledges the presence of the omni-God, omniscient, all-knowing, omnipotent, all-powerful, and omnipresent everywhere. Even though they cannot see the omni-God who is invisible to human eyes, beloved, a godly person acts like God is watching over them all the time. Why? Because God is watching over you all the time. Even though some people might act like God ain't watching over them all the time. And we have the example from Hebrews eleven twenty seven. By faith, he, Moses, forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king of Pharaoh, for he endured as seeing him, God, who is invisible. He didn't see him, but he saw him. He didn't see him, but he saw him. Beloved, to that godliness, you need to add some brotherly kindness. So let's put some brotherly kindness in the bag. That brotherly kindness known as, in the Greek as philos adelphos, from which we have the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. Beloved, a person with that brotherly kindness, hear me on this, does not see people as brother and sister, mother and father, and son and daughter, simply within the four walls of the sanctuary. Some of you are real good at meeting a man and calling him brother, seeing a woman and calling him sister. But no, beloved, they will be your beloved brother or sister when you are in need, thank you, God. Will be your mother or father when you are going through, and will be your son or daughter when they can help you. Please hear me right whether you are blood family or not because you are supposed to be under the blood of Jesus that's supposed to make you part of the family of God. You see, beloved, their focus is not on the shed blood that flows through the veins, but on the blood that was shed by Jesus Christ to bring us all into the family of God. Thank you, God. In Scripture, we have the example from 1 Samuel 18 and 3. Then Jonathan, the son of the first king of Israel, King Saul, and David, the God-chosen second king of Israel, who King Saul came to hate, made a covenant because he, Jonathan, Loved him, David, as his own soul. 
his own soul brother. Beloved, to that brotherly kindness, you need to add charity or love. So let's put some charity or love in the bag. Beloved, a person with charity or love recognizes that God is love. Therefore, when you love someone, you are offering them God. And beloved, when you deny someone love, you are taking God away from them. In scripture, we have the example from 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Beloved, with all of these things in your bag, faith, virtue, knowledge, temperance and self-control, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness and charity of love, you are now ready for your heaven trip. You are on your way to following Jesus. You are on your way to becoming a Christian. And beloved, I do want you to understand that being a Christian is always in the present, looking forward. The present looking forward to becoming a better Christian each and every day of your life as 2 Peter 1 and 8 encourages, for these things be in you, what you put in your bag and abound. They make you, hear me right, it doesn't say you do, it says they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, it is all of these things that will make you into a Christian. You see, beloved, when people meet you, they will meet the Christ in you as evidenced by the seven growing and revealed characteristics in you. You see, beloved, when people meet you, they're supposed to meet someone representing Christ as best as they can. That's 2 Corinthians 5 and 20 Christians. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. You are an ambassador for Christ. Now, beloved, do understand, you can call yourself anything that you want to call yourself. Let me help you out. In today's world, a man can be born a man and call himself a woman and try to live as a woman in today's world. In today's world, a woman can be born a woman and call herself a man and try to live as a man. You can do that in today's world. And in today's world, believe it or not, a sinner can be born again, get baptized, and call themselves a Christian, and continue to live as if they are a sinner who is not born again and who is not baptized. Believe it or not, it happens in today's world. You see, beloved, while the seven characteristics are necessary for you to grow in your Christian walk, you do not have to subscribe to, participate in, abide in, or grow in these seven characteristics. And sadly, some decide to ignore these characteristics and then still call themselves a Christian. Somebody say, but. But doing so has consequences. You see, 2 Peter 1 and 9 tells us, but he that lacketh these things is blind. He cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Beloved, you can call yourself a Christian and be blind. Jesus had a word for those kind of blind in Matthew 15 and 14. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, 
both shall fall into the ditch. Beloved, you can call yourself a Christian and be nearsighted. Jesus had a word for the nearsighted in Luke 6 and 41. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, <laughs> but perceiveth not the beam that is in thine own eye? Beloved, you can call yourself a Christian and be forgetful that you are a Christian. Proverbs 26 and 11 tells us, as a dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly. Beloved, it is not enough for you to join the church. Beloved, it is not enough for you to get baptized. Beloved, it is not enough for you to come to church on occasion. Beloved, it is not enough for you to do some service when you have the time. Beloved, the goal is for you to grow in Christ, for you to become a Christian, for you to change your lifestyle to reflect what it means to be a follower of God through Jesus Christ as guided by the Holy Spirit. For when you grow in Christ, you will do all of the things represented by the seven characteristics and more. But when that is not your goal, then you will negotiate your Christianity with God and reveal the truth of James 1 and 8. Double-minded man or woman is unstable in all his or her ways. Y'all quit looking at them folks beside you. Stop it. Quit looking. Quit, quit, quit looking. Because they're looking at you too. Amen. So, beloved, what should you do? Beloved, what should I do? Beloved, we are supposed to be in this Christian journey together. Amen. So, beloved, what should we do? What should we do? Beloved, 2 Peter 1 and 10 instructs us. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, if you do these things, ye shall never fall. Beloved, when you know what you have to do and you seek to do it without fail, you are being diligent. Beloved, you're supposed to be diligent in working out your soul salvation, or better stated, to make it much more personal. As the Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians 2 and 12, work out your own salvation. Don't work on me. Don't work on me. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Amen. And you work it out because you know that you have a calling from God on your life. And in answering that call that God has on your life, you make a decision. A decision that you want to be a Christian even if in being a Christian you sometimes stumble. Can somebody say, sometimes I stumble? A decision that you want to be a Christian even if in being a Christian sometimes you bumble. Somebody say, sometimes I bumble. A decision that you want to be a Christian, even if in being a Christian, you sometimes, football fans, fumble. Somebody says, sometimes I fumble. <laughs> Beloved, stumble, bumble, and fumble, but never fall, never fail, never flee back to who and what you used to be because you want to be a Christian. Amen. Amen. Beloved, as William McDowell saying, I won't go back. I can't go back to the way it used to be before your presence came and changed me. Beloved, if you have truly been changed, then you should not, will not, cannot keep living the way that you used to live your life. 
Thank you for tuning in to the radio broadcast of Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church with pastor and teacher, Rev. Dr. Randall Kane Jr. It is our prayer that this message inspires you to further your walk with Christ. For more information about Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church, go to our website, zmmbc.net, or call 336-725-7390. We live stream our services on our Facebook page. Just search for Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church page. Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church is located at 101 North Dunleith Avenue in Winston-Salem. Be blessed and continue to further your walk with Christ.